friends. Welcome to Silo Busting. I'm your host, Allison Coton, an interaction designer at EPEM Continuum. Are you ready for the future? Have you planned, considered the contingencies, insured yourself? If this line of questioning makes you feel defensive, no worries, you're not alone. It's very human to employ a little magical thinking when it comes to planning ahead. We can't think of every possibility, so we step optimistically into the foggy future, hoping for the best. We want to move forward, but we don't want to worry about what might go wrong. We're lucky to have this can-do energy wired into our human DNA. It keeps us inventing, experimenting, going out on a limb. At the same time, when it comes to our software and the ever-growing risk of cybercrime, it's time to make planning for the future part of the work of innovation. In this Cybersecurity by Design episode of Silo Busting, Sam Raymond, our Chief Information Security Officer and SVP, and producer Ken Gordon talk to Eugene Zihanoff, EPEM's Head of Defensive Security Services, about application security, or AppSec if you want to sound in the know. More and more, the software we consume comes to us in the form of apps. If you're me, that's everything from Spotify to the Cornell Ornithology Lab's Bird Identification Guide. It's a space traditionally owned by the digital world's innovators, entrepreneurs, and future thinkers, and also today increasingly vulnerable to hacking and data theft. So consider Eugene and Sam your cyber safety insurance advisors, here to tell you how building cybersecurity into the code foundation of your hot new app will help you keep moving forward into the future of your business without leaving the back door open for hackers to follow. Hey, everybody, this is Sam, uh, EPAM CISO. I got Ken and Eugene with me today to talk about something that's extremely interesting to me. It's, it's about application security. Uh, before I start, let, let me just let them introduce themselves. So, Ken, would you mind just introducing yourself? Sure, Sam. I am the uh, Principal Communications Specialist uh, for EPAM Continuum, and I've been here for six years, and I I help guys like you and Eugene uh, get the word out there in, in good, clear, forceful English. That's my job. Perfect. Love it. And Eugene? Yeah, my name is Eugene Zihana. Uh, I, I am responsible for cloud security and application security streams. Uh, I've implemented a lot of security programs, uh, traditional security, like uh, data protection or uh, identity access management. But uh, keep in mind that uh, uh, my first 10 years of career was uh, uh, full-stack developer. I ran uh, architecture. I ran uh, large development teams in engineering excellence and agile transformation and DevOps adoption and cloud migration, things like that. So that's uh, my background that helps me uh, design uh, proper security programs that make sense for applications and the DevOps teams. Perfect. Thanks, Eugene. In, in an ideal world, I was hoping that three of us could get together in a coffee shop and get a cup of coffee and talk about this topic. I, I, I'm always debating about, you know, what layers of attack, where do we put our protection, what do we put our, our focus around it. But, but application security, as you pointed out, Eugene, um, has a lot to do with really what we're doing right now, where majority of the attacks actually now are entering through, um, through the application layer. And, and, Maybe I'd, I'd love to hear you, both of your thoughts in this one. But it, it, as you start to look at some of the numbers, like if you look at Poneman's number, they've been saying that it's over eighty percent of attacks are are really starting from the application layer now. So it doesn't mean that people don't attack the network. Of course they do. They enter through the network. It doesn't mean that they don't go through the uh, the the you know Dom Zero or the the host. Of course they do. It doesn't mean they don't go through social, but. We're getting to a point that there is so much information, there is so much data, there's so much logic. We have that push that we used to have a lot of that constraining logic in the database layer, so people just attack the database, you know. But now there is so much logic that's in the application layer. For somebody to actually do something to run through a transaction, 
it just makes sense for the attackers to go through the application layer, go through the normal application logic, so it's harder to trace and, and harder to attack. But I, I think there was one thing that I want to say before, and I want to hear your thoughts, both of you. It, 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 in um, A lot of people look at application security, and the first thing they looked at is they immediately jumped into this. I, I want to first talk about what is application security a little bit before we talk about how do we protect it. But I think there is a misconception around around application security that, you know, oh, it's to protect the application. It, it's actually, you can look at it that way, but what it really comes down to is application is one layer for the attacker potentially going through an, an angle and attack. Um, and so having controls and and eliminate vulnerabilities and, and or mitigate and, and reduce the vulnerabilities, reducing the attack surface on that layer um, allowed us to 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 defend against a lot of these attacks, but it, it's not an it, it's not an end all by you know it'd be all by itself. It's it's really an area that we need to strengthen because you know that's where it's like the attackers start kicking you in the head. You start you know protecting your head a little bit more. So over eighty percent, Poneman says, you know, the attack is is on the application layer. So. What what is App, AppSec to you, Eugene, and, and maybe Ken, you can chime in as well. What What is it to you? Yeah, you're absolutely right that this is a layer. And uh, it's actually like uh, everything in your organization or in your infrastructure can still uh, work uncompromised, but uh, you can get in through the application, right? Uh, think about uh, you know, all the retail attacks. Uh, they utilize normal logic of your application as you said, hard to detect, right? But uh, also uh, application can open the door into the whole uh, ecosystem, uh, you know, the, the whole organization. You can put, uh, uh, organize, uh, you know, you can uh, try to exfiltrate the data. Uh, eventually you can uh, uh, get to lateral movement as an organization through this. Uh, so uh, it's not just uh, like... Uh, think about it. Uh, it was uh, a kind of blind spot for uh, security teams for a long time. Uh, like a lot of uh, security teams wouldn't even think that uh, this is their responsibility. Uh, they would focus on a traditional infrastructure. Uh, but uh, uh, as this becoming an attack vector more and more, as you said, like uh, uh, the, uh, the people in security need to shift uh, their mindset towards applications. And also um, one important topic is that uh, infrastructure follows applications now. And uh, if you think about infrastructure as code, uh, DevOps, uh, right, and deployments, it all becomes just application layer. And uh, uh, those... Uh, you know, layers blur because uh, now you have containers, um, you have serverless, uh, you, you have uh, all kinds of things, uh, uh, pass, uh, uh, platform as a service uh, uh, when you go into the cloud. And now if you think about applications in the cloud uh, and cloud-first approach, uh, the traditional approach of uh, protecting network uh, and infrastructure, and that's it, uh, just doesn't make sense because uh, uh, things changed and uh, applications became much more than just applications. Uh, it's uh, everything starts to become an application. Right, right. Yeah, I, I agree. Does that, Ken, does that resonate with you? A little bit, but I'd like to know more. How is this 
I mean, obviously, it's different, bigger than firewalls and network security. Can you explain to a layman like me how? Yeah, so maybe maybe on a very high level, and Eugene, if you don't mind jumping in as well, but on a very high level, again, it's important to understand that attackers, you know, I, I always joke about this, that they always find the least path of resistance, just like electricity. It's actually true. It's um, Imagine you put yourself in their shoes for a second, um, and you said, you know, you look at how do you attack a system? Typically, what you do is you do your your recon. You look at the environment. You look at it from the outside in view. You don't know much about the company. You look at it from the outside. You start looking for clues. You start looking for areas. You start looking for low hanging fruits. Sometimes it could be you know their website loads a a, a certain package has certain vulnerability they didn't patch. Well, that's an easy one to get into. Sometimes they have God forbid you know port eighty and port twenty three open. You know that's that's easy to get in. There there are all these different ways that you can start scanning for it. But that's really looking at it from the outside perspective. However, once you start to realize what people interact with the most, uh, the application, which is going through your API, I'll be very, very specific. So going through your API to attack your system, going through your uh, user interface, which is these days usually, you know, either mobile or web pages, going through that to attack it is, is the most, you know, it's the easiest one because instead of actually going through and have to go through and, and, and get into your, your OS level directly, the attacker could potentially just, you know, I don't know, just run the transaction as if he's forging as somebody else. You don't have to even decipher the application, don't have to decide, just run through a transaction, but forge as somebody else or find a loophole within the API. Turns out there might be an API that you can call and you could call it 10 times and all of a sudden, you know, there was a, there was a, maybe a backdoor, maybe a hidden secret, you know, maybe it, it would actually crash the system, you know, at least give you a DDoS in it. And, and maybe, you know, these are all the different ways that you tried out. And so that's what people are testing out. They're trying out from the application level, as opposed to, you know, purely just looking at, you know, what packets, these are the packets coming out from a network. And so that is a very, very common thing that people do. People, you know, and, and once you get into the application, it could be a buffer overflow of some sort. It could be, you know, they actually have logic that left behind that's not used. One of the biggest issues is, is that applications change so rapidly these days, which, you know, operating system changes too, network, you know, changes too, you know, but, you know, how how much have we changed in TCP IP recently? Not much. So, how much have we changed in 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 some of the, the the security control on you know on the underlying layers? You know, yes, it has changed, but not that much. Whenever there is change, there is a chance for an exploit. And so, with application changing so much, it makes it easier for the attacker in some ways to actually get in as well. So, on a very very high level, all the things that you hear about, you know, from from you know top level attack on the APIs and the user interface directly from an application, or they got into the system and they still want to run through the logic. And you see this in a couple of the, the major um, transactions that like you know a few years ago with the Swift attack and so on, which is they actually got through the operating system, but then they from the operating system attack the processes. And from that perspective, it's trust it's from a trusted environment attacking the application. And allowing them to run the transaction, because for them to forge the transaction, it would be very, very difficult to not get caught. So they actually forge a transaction from the oper you know, operating system. So you have both application attack from the outside in, 
You also have people that go underneath it, go to the operating system, and then go back up to actually attack the application. And then there is obviously, you know, going to the infrastructure itself and see if you can attack the cluster all by itself. So those are the different types of attack that you could do. But ultimately, the, the sweet spot for the attacker is to get into the application logic, rerun them, change them, modify them. At the end of the day, you know, an, an exploit is to use a piece of code to do something what it was not intended to be, but to actually take advantage of it. So from that perspective, application level makes it very, very easy for attacker to, 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 you know, to hide their traces, to go through with the transaction, to finally actually, you know, ultimately they want to monetize or steal stuff. That that makes it very easy for them. So on a very high level, that's really what AppSec, you know, and, and danger of AppSec is. And maybe we could get into a little bit about how do we protect it. But does that make sense, Kent? Sure. Do you do you guys spend a lot of time warning your family members about downloading apps? <laughs> I do. I do, I do all the time. And and that was that was a big part of of my job just a few years ago, not too long ago. So. I do have a list of what application have, you know, what level of security and stuff like that and what, you know, but I, I could tell you that I used to, um, your, your, your people think that is the phone's job to protect the application uh, or the operating system's job to protect the application. It is not. The operating system is not designed just like on your phone. It's not designed to protect the app itself. Operating system protect the operating system itself because that's a privilege access. So most of the security control on a, on a phone is designed to decide to protect the phone, which is the right thing to do because once you compromise the phone itself, jailbreak it and all hell breaks loose. However, it doesn't do much to actually protect the, the app itself. That's why there's so many different things that that uh, you see different types of attack on the apps. But it, but it's even more sophisticated. It, it's even more simple than that. I mean, if you talk about the phone, even those uh, UPS and FedEx fake you know text messages that you get. Uh, from people and say you got a package coming in, click here to get tra- you know tracking it. Those are all fake, and they're just you know presenting as a bot, uh, as if it's part of the application, and it, it spoofs people. So there, there there are tons of different ways to do it. But yes, application. Whenever you download something, when you install it, I mean that's that's obviously a, a huge concern. What do you think, uh, Eugene? Yeah, uh, I will introduce even more depth into this because uh, um, think about modern applications. Uh, it's a lot of you, you think about the app, you think about web interface. That's great. Uh, uh, you can attack those, but uh, underneath uh, there is a layer of APIs, a uh, uh, mesh of APIs. Right? Uh, it's your APIs, you APIs you call, your third-party APIs, whatever. Right? Uh, in uh, a lot of uh, cloud APIs, but then uh, all of uh, like uh, if you think about you asked about network protection right network protection don't work anymore when uh, so much uh, power is in those apis uh, you need to protect uh, each and every one of them and this is where uh, kind of zero trust and cloud security comes in and uh, api security comes in right uh, that uh, your uh, traditional network perimeter starts to become uh, around those uh, api uh, uh, each uh, API you need to be authorized. What if you can uh, call it without authorization or bypass authorization in uh, some way or another? What if you can uh, call the API that uh, returns your credit card or uh, runs a transaction or gives you PII information or anything, you know, like uh, any kind of leverage that you can as attacker have? What is uh, uh, you, if you can uh, call it for with uh, as Sam said unintended 
purpose and get this uh, either information that helps you uh, on the latest stages or uh, direct monetization or anything uh, that you can do through APIs themselves. So uh, th this is a powerful uh, concept and uh, yeah, just regular firewalls, uh, unfortunately, uh, will help you only a little bit on that direction. Yeah, I think, I think that's perfect. I agree. Um, maybe now we could talk a bit about, about that protection side of things that um, we're starting to get into a little bit. So uh, to, to, to protect an application, obviously, you can harden the OS itself. That's, that's you know, protecting it from not having people get into host and then, you know, go back up and attack it. The, the, that assumed that, you know, we could talk about another time and we, um, and we will. Let's talk about application security itself. So there are a number of things that uh, we can do. Most people jump directly into SDLC, but, you know, so why not? We'll talk about that. So that is to eliminate the vulnerabilities, if you will. But maybe, Eugene, you could talk a bit about that, about, you know, um, you know, what are the uh, security testing, security controls that you put in, maybe threat modeling? How do we approach that a little bit? If you don't mind starting from top, I'd love to hear that from you. Yeah, uh, normally uh, you uh, do certain amount of activities uh, within your application security, right? So traditionally, people come with uh, static code analysis or dynamic uh, uh, sust and dust uh, portions of this, right? Uh, uh, certain uh, level of automation. Um, uh, blind spot uh, many times is that, uh, uh, you know, 80% of code or maybe 90% of code uh, is not written actually in your organization, right? So composition analysis and uh, uh, taking a look at uh, your dependencies, be it uh, DLL, JAR uh, files or, you know, like all kind of libraries or uh, just pure JavaScript, uh, right? Uh, those kind of uh, uh, things, uh, uh, think about uh, that portion of it, right? And uh, um, uh, also those libraries have uh, well-known exploits, right? Uh, you don't need to be a super uh, deep hacker to, if you know the uh, version of the library, uh, you might even find a uh, uh, ready-to-go exploit for that. Right, so you don't need to even to develop anything. Right? So that that portion of it is interesting. Uh, container security is interesting uh, it, because uh, it, it's on the and uh, serverless. Uh, it's on the border of uh, uh, and I said uh, a little uh, all the borders blur a little bit uh, and uh, continue to uh, kind of disappear. So now uh, containers, I would uh, uh, and serverless, I would consider. Uh, part of uh, application, right? Uh, so you go into that, uh, but um, all begins uh, with architecture and uh, uh, th those things uh, is difficult to automate. And um, uh, if you think about architecture a little bit, uh, uh, drawing a threat model is a good exercise. Uh, looking into design of the system and uh, uh, thinking of, uh, about security from uh, architecture perspective in the beginning, uh, will save you a lot of headaches uh, uh, down the road. And uh, thinking about what kind of uh, data you're going to have there, what criticality of data is there, what will happen to the organization if uh, you know all of this gets compromised, and uh, how, what kind of attack vectors will be there, it's important. It's not easy to do, but uh, you know when 
I was running a SaaS product, uh, like uh, with 70 people, uh, uh, that we were fu fully responsible for design of it. Uh, we every time we introduced a new dependency, a new library, or made a uh, big architectural uh, uh, change, we looked at it from all angles and security included, and this is best practice, right? Uh, and uh, best uh, uh, technical people need to, uh, you know, in your team, need to look uh, through the eyes of security uh, on that design and say, oh, uh, a lot of here doesn't make sense, we should do it uh, differently, right? So that, that portion is interesting as well. Eugene, you mentioned SAST and DAST. Could you just explain it for the uh, viewers at home who might not be familiar with these concepts, what they are and why they're so important? Static application security testing is, uh, stands for uh, SAST, right? And uh, this is the, uh, if you're familiar with any kind of uh, tools that uh, help uh, uh, analyze the code uh, from any kind of perspective, uh, from code quality perspective, uh, this is similar, but uh, just uh, taking uh, the, uh, from the lens of uh, security, can you, uh, you know, in, uh, are the parameters checked? Uh, you, do you prevent, uh, you know, like uh, uh, certain attacks through uh, through the data, through the calls uh, into your application stack, right? Uh, like, um, uh, do, do you find uh, some kind of uh, secrets in the code, uh, you know, th those kind of things uh, could be checked automatically. Uh, Dust is uh, dynamic application security testing uh, and uh, it has to do with uh, running uh, certain, uh, trying to exploit uh, the application during the runtime. Like you deploy it and after deployment, uh, you try to execute uh, uh, scripts against the interface. So that's the two portions of it. Yes. So there was a static analysis, which is usually code or even binary analysis. And there was a dynamic analysis to see what it happens when it's when it's um, when it's actually running. Love how you're looking at that, Eugene. Anything else that you would you would say because application changing so much? I assume that these are all things that these guys. I mean, these days people would plug into their CI/CD pipeline, so that as part of their process for plugging in. Um, what do you see threat modeling being done so that you can see what the boundaries of the application is? What do you see um, uh, open source being scanned? Is that part of that loop? And and what about you know what about actually binary and, and, and integrity of the application itself? Uh, is that being protected? You see people doing that or? Yeah, uh, I, I would say that a lot of focus uh, is uh, for, I don't know, for historical reasons uh, done for SAST and DUST. And uh, part, part of that is uh, that um, every aspect of uh, uh, application security testing, or uh, for that matter, any other security testing is covered by product. Right. So, uh, for example, SAST and DUST product will uh, kind of uh, bring this uh, as an agenda and sales rep will come to you and say, look, uh, you introduce this product and everything will be good, right? <laughs> which is uh, very far from reality. You need to change the behavior of people and uh, you need to introduce, uh, you know, uh, competence and different uh, ways of uh, 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 different ways of uh, you know like preventing uh, issues in the in the code itself uh, in the day, daily life of developers right uh, so uh, 
Sustan dust becomes a little bit overrated and uh, kind of uh, uh, a lot of people just understand uh, those two is application security, which is not. And uh, uh, SAST uh, can quickly uh, throw your application security program off balance because uh, it's uh, a lot of depth. Uh, it, it will uncover thousands of issues within the application, not necessarily uh, they exploitable, but they will show up on the dashboard and uh, uh, everybody will jump on those, right? Um, Dust uh, on the other side, uh, well, a lot of people will just run the tool without understanding that, uh, you know, it uh, doesn't even authenticate in your application, right? And doesn't find anything except your login page, right? And uh, next uh, step, oh, oh, okay, we need to authenticate, uh, we'll log in into the application. Now what? How to traverse all this, uh, you know, modern application? Uh, not necessarily the automated crawler that is there in, in Dust tool can... Uh, even get to any of your pages, it will probably start, get stuck on the first uh, uh, couple, two, three, and that's it, depending on how application is designed, right? So uh, you have to integrate, if you really want to do that, uh, you know, you need to integrate, uh, for example, uh, we went with um, uh, a tool that allows to uh, use your regular automation uh, tests, uh, but run a uh, Verb suite or was zap uh, on those pages as you traverse them. So uh, use uh, your regular uh, automation test that you use for uh, just quality assurance purposes uh, to uh, security test your application. Where you use alternative uh, technologies like RASP or EAST to get this uh, dynamic testing. Uh, but actually get to the corners of your applications and test them. It's very difficult to make dust uh, actually to test anything, right? So that's that's kind of things that you need to consider about these two things. But, uh, as I said, uh, you know, composition analysis uh, uh, is very important because uh, 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 you will see a lot of vulnerabilities and uh, actually d- different uh, things like licensing risks uh, uh, related to, uh, f- you know, open source. Uh, there is a lot of, uh, you know, uh, uh, issues there because uh, uh, it could become, uh, you know, n- n- no owner for that portion and uh, it could become stale uh, no, uh, and community around that piece of code uh, could die out uh, so that it's not only security issues but also like uh, who is uh, looking into that code is it popular um, and uh, uh, vulnerabilities could could uh, uh, accumulate there just because there is uh, no ownership uh, right so those kind of things uh, you need to think about but uh, I threat modeling and uh, looking actually uh, uh, at least for a little bit in the beginning or uh, as you introduce large changes in the architecture from security perspective, using a, even the standard checklist or just uh, uh, analyzing what uh, uh, the architecture look like uh, from security perspective is very important because uh, biggest issues uh, and very difficult issues to uh, prevent, they are introduced on architecture level. And uh, as you know, any kind of change in the architecture will be painful uh, uh, many years down the road, right? You cannot uh, introduce uh, uh, certain levels of segregation if you didn't uh, put put it in from the beginning, 
uh, it uh, you if you storing all the data for example uh, together for for different clients uh, and uh, don't introduce a ways uh, for example to test your api so that uh, cross contamination from different clients uh, uh, are not introduced in the architecture of the application and tested every day automatically you probably will get into a situation where uh, somebody from one client could uh, read all the data from another client that you would never know about it even, right? So that's that kind of attack. Uh, you need to uh, kind of think from uh, from day one uh, and uh, prevent architecturally so that it's not possible, right? So that, that kind of example uh, shows you how it's important. I, I like that a lot. That's a very good example. I, I was actually, just a quick story, I was still at a database company uh, you probably can guess which one. It's all known one. And I remember there was one time there was a, a user experience designer, a really good one, came in and told me this is the flow of it. This is what we want to do with the with the user interaction. And and I worked on the database, not in the user application, but it affected the database. And I can't go through what the use case was, but it's very clear, like you said. And I said that, and it was not very popular. But at the same time, uh, I told the team in that meeting that, uh, there, there are things that no matter what you do, you, you would make it extremely difficult to protect yourself. Imagine, you know, you you have, uh, imagine you have a very important person, and you need to protect that very important person, and you insisted on walking into a courtyard with tall buildings around you, with no cover anywhere in any direction. No matter how good your bodyguards are, no matter how good a protection, no matter how many police officers you put around that important person. You're asking for something that's impossible to protect, and so software we have exactly the same issue, which is you know they're 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 design that intrinsically is a bad design from a from a from a security perspective, and this is why I think that conversation is so important early up front. Completely agree with you. We're running a little short on time. I think we need to do a second part, Eugene. To be honest with you and Ken, we still uh, I would still love to talk to you about about how modern modernization like kubernetes and containers and affect application security i still want to talk to you about um about key management and about you know key about secrets within application i still want to talk to you about how do you break the silo between the teams so that applications are not looked at one single unit because as you mentioned early up front that you know a lot of the attacks are all daisy chained together so the the and, and then you also mentioned about you know on a more micro level which is you know just the the the, the trust issue between dependencies is such a big deal i you probably uh i don't know if you're old enough to remember but ken thompson had a really good article way back when um got 30 years ago and he basically said that i don't trust uh application i don't trust software because it's getting to a point that it's impossible for one person to write all pieces of software so how can you know that other people are not, they're writing to the same level of standard you are? It, not being critical, but it's actually true. Because when now everything is so much depending on plumbing and libraries and APIs and without proper controls around each and every one of those areas, how can you know that what you write is even relevant? I mean, you can always go under the operating system, you can go to your past level to attack it. So I wanna talk about a dependency, but before we go, maybe, uh, I'm trying to do this thing now that you, know, you guys know me that I do my presentation, start with a story all the time. I'm not going to do this here, but I want to see if we can always end the, the podcast with a, 
a few takeaways, just a few ideas. You know, I call it, you know, please remember the following. So just just a couple of things. Anything that you want the audience just to remember, maybe just, you know, from what you learned from today, the conversation today, anything you want to add, maybe just a simple one line or two, maybe three, Eugene, that you want people to remember about AppSec, what to be careful about or any any call to action advice? Yeah, uh, I, I I think uh, the things that uh, you need to think about when you're setting up your uh, security program uh, and uh, security uh, measures on the application side is uh, that uh, you need to have a certain balance. Uh, don't set uh, the um, kind of uh, uh, bar too high, but uh, change the uh, address the change in behavior of your developers and architects and uh, make sure that uh, uh, the security uh, uh, steps are done throughout your SDLC from the beginning to the end from design to de to, to deployment uh, and uh, th this is the most important portion of this and uh, uh, be balanced about it to, to, uh, you know like uh, don't uh, push uh, the envelope too much on every uh, things because uh, in the end of the day, you want to uh, change what people do uh, every minute of their day. That's that's uh, on the balance. And uh, also uh, important uh, to uh, make sure that uh, application security program makes sense from developer standpoint, from DevOps standpoint. That it's not just uh, uh, security controls or uh, uh, like people do a lot of mistakes because because they don't think about what uh, developers or the uh, cloud specialists um, uh, do every day and uh, introduce uh, uh, security controls in such a way that it uh, just uh, prevents them from doing the job. So that's that's the second part. Perfect, thank you. Ken, anything you wanna add before we go? I'd just say that you guys, what talking to you guys show me is that our vulnerabilities are expanding exponentially all the time. And because we're so vulnerable, we have no idea. It's sort of our awareness and our ignorance of the non-technical world is it gets, we, we become more and more uh, unaware. And it's so important to keep in contact with guys like you and to make sure that the message you have to say can be clearly understood by people not in the tech world. And so we got to keep working to keep talking. And I think this podcast is actually a, a pretty good way to do that. So thank you for uh, including me. No, this is, this is wonderful. I'll, I'll leave with a few things as well. So I think number one, you, everybody's talked about this. I think number one is, is this conversation, which is what Ken's talking about, what Eugene's talking about. Having um, this conversation with security application designer, user experience designer, as you build out the application, design security is, is absolutely critical. Um, number two is you need to have the basic hygiene, and the basic hygiene has to be automated. We're, we're not at a scale that you could you can afford to just ad hoc at it, you know, every every now and then anymore. Baseline is critical. So automate it. Put in all the measures that Eugene talked about. Automate as much as you can, but it doesn't stop there. That's your starting point. That's a bare minimum, if you will, and then go beyond that. And then last but not least, I, I would just recommend everybody to seriously look at, you know, how they build out application. It just, you know, I, I, I was just thinking about this, you know, you, you, you're, the way into your body is through your nose, through your mouth. I mean, you eat food, you, you, you breathe in air. The way into your system is through the API, through your application. You wouldn't just put anything in your mouth. You wouldn't just breathe anything without paying attention to it. Just, just think about it this way: is that you know your application is almost your 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 nose and your mouth. 
anything could could um, could happen. Anything could go in. Then you're making your job very very difficult. I don't care how good of a of a SOC team, how good an IR team you have, you're making your life miserable and making it impossible for you to run on a stable platform. So be very careful. I'm not saying that you know just block everything, stop everything. That that world is gone, but just be careful. Think about it that way. That you know that's the way into your enterprise. So with that, I think you know I, 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 this is a great conversation. Love it. I think we should we should continue. And in fact, I got an idea um, for our next one, Ken, that maybe we can invite some um, some of the folks from our uh, experience design side to talk to Eugene about the balance between experience and design, and and a few other things in that topic too. Eugene, you're up for that. Would you be okay with? joining us for that session as well uh, yeah it was, it was a great pleasure I, I, I would like to share great. any kind of um, insights that they have this has been Silo Busting a podcast from EPAM Continuum EPAM Continuum integrates business experience and technology consulting focused on accelerating breakthrough ideas into meaningful impact why do we do this? because real opportunities aren't siloed thanks to Sam Raven Eugene Zihanoff and Ken Gordon for the great conversation Cheers to Kip Palalas, our sound engineer extraordinaire, for getting this podcast recorded. Applause to Ken Gordon, our producer, for all his masterminding behind the scenes and today in front of the scenes. I'm your host, Allison Coden, and I'm off to renew my policy. <laughs>